0: Alrighty, welcome to the uh, pilot episode. This is my first podcast I've done on my own. I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Jerry with the Millennial Super Show for getting me started on podcasting. Y'all can find him out on Google Play or iTunes, whatever you use. i uh, going to try to do this as laid back as possible. Uh, you know, send me... Whatever you guys think I should talk about. Uh, just, I'm really no holds barred. Don't give a shit. Uh, hell. You know. Pretty nice. Uh, gonna try to do some stuff about my life. Give me a way to vent with me going through a divorce, you know, I ain't gonna say don't get married, per se, because then that just says that marriage is a bad thing, when really it's not. It's just, you know, when you marry the wrong person, shit gets kind of crazy. You end up getting divorced. You know, I'm only 19 years old and getting divorced. Got married a little too young, maybe. You know, shit happens in life, uh, you know, working as a mechanic, you know, I got a nice little project truck, I'm waiting to do a, possibly pull out the 250 in line six that it has in it, drop a good little 350, maybe board over, who knows, you know, just kind of roll with it all, uh. You know, it's just one of those things where you just got to do what you got to do sometimes. Uh, You know, it's my first time ever actually being the host of a podcast, so, you know. But, ah, hell. All right, so I think really to start it out, tell you all a little bit about myself. You know, like I said, 19, getting divorced. Back in my little hometown. You know, I just try to keep it as laid back as possible. You know, Jerry with the Millennial Super Show kind of got me started in podcasting. I think I've done maybe two episodes with him. Uh, He does politics, religion, kind of like me, what I'm wanting to do, no holds barred, He's, he's a really cool guy, you know, I got married really too young to really know what the hell I was doing with my life, you know, I work at a mechanic at a fucking truck stop now, you know, just loving life. You know, because I love doing anything mechanical. And like the old saying goes, you know, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, yeah, there's some shitty days with my job, but that's with any job anywhere. I mean, like today, I just went and spent four hours trying to hunt a trucker down to help him change a tire on the side of the road, still couldn't find him, but it's got to roll with the punches, you know, live your life one day at a time, you know, I've been through a lot for a 19 year old, you know, went to the army in 2016, got a medical discharge, Got married at 18. Still working on getting divorced three months later after she said she wanted to fucking divorce. Uh, Civil Air Patrol. Working on that now. It's a really great program. You know, if you ever get the chance, look it up wherever you're at. See if they got a squadron near you. Go take a look at it. Uh, you know... Uh, one thing I do want to say is uh with this whole summit going on with North Korea, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. People give Donald Trump so much shit because he's never been a politician in his life. But you know, we've had lifelong politicians in office since even before the Korean War. And Trump's the only one who can actually get the Korean War ended, you know, so, you know, you got to give the guy props for that, you know, because he just did in two years what America's been trying to do for the last 50 years since we had the ceasefire in Korea. You know, because I still got battle buddies that I went to BASIC with stationed over there in Korea. And I've talked to them recently and things have gotten a lot more calm. You know, they're not on high alert or anything like that anymore. You know, it's just, we're actually getting something done and making America great again. You know... We just need to start showing the world that America doesn't fuck around with threats. You threaten America, you get one warning if that. And then, you know, like with the Iran deal, we're be, think, I personally think that we're being too lax with it. You know, they're wanting to try to stop the inspectors coming in to make sure that iran's holding up their end of the deal and iran's wanting to stop them you know that's that's not part of our deal with iran because the deal was they would stop their nuclear program or at least stop trying to make weapons stop trying to make nuclear weapons and, you know we can't even prove that they're doing that because they won't let the inspectors in there and. That's not what the deal said, you know. The deal basically says that America and all these other countries involved with the deal can go in and inspect Iran's nuclear facilities to make sure that they're not trying to get enriched uranium to create nuclear weapons. you know so if we can't even prove that Iran's doing that that could show that they're trying to be like North Korea and trying to make nuclear weapons and since that's currently a hostile nation to the United States that can be seen as a threat because they do have the manpower to do something like that and cause some massive destruction And it's not something that America really wants right now because we're dealing with a lot of shit at home with the liberals and conservatives going at it, you know, they're trying to tear America apart, and you know, America, except for a certain point in history, the American Civil War, we've never been a country that's really been divided. We've always been close-knit, we've always had our differences, but, you know, we've always put them aside when the time came, and got shit figured out. And it doesn't seem like the liberals are wanting to put in the work, to put aside our differences, that way we can actually make America what it used to be. You know, like, with them trying to fucking put stricter gun laws in place, you know, if they limit what weapons we can own, then we can't fully take advantage of the second amendment saying that our right to keep and bear arms shall remain uninfringed, you know, any and all fucking gun laws really is an infringement upon the second amendment. I mean, I'm not going to lie, the Firearms Act of 1982 banned fully automatic assault weapons, or hell, it doesn't even say assault weapons, I don't think. I think it's just banning fully automatic weapons. You know, that is common sense because I see no logical reason for a civilian to own a fully automatic weapon. There's no real reason for it, you can't use it for hunting, no good use in home defense, whereas the AR-15, per se, just to use something that's uh, relevant right now, you know, it's based off the 223 Remington Hunting Ground, and it's such a universal platform. So, you know, it can be used by small children and elderly people. And it's customizable to where you don't have, like if you're a left-handed shooter, you don't have to go buy a gun Smith specifically for you. You just have to find a left-handed receiver and a left-handed lower, upper and lower for your AR, which are pretty common because any company that makes AR-15s are gonna make a left-handed upper and lower. You know they're just so customizable they have so many uses because it's such a small round it can be used for hunting a lot of things and it's a great self-defense rifle. I mean I personally love them but if you're wanting to ban the guns You know, it's been shown that uh, there have been more shootings that have been stopped by somebody who's a legal gun owner and has the right safety training and they know how to safely use their firearm. Those are the people that are going out and stopping the shootings and you know, actually making this a safer world for us. If you take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens, we just make it easier for the criminals because, you know, if we make guns illegal, liberals think that nobody's going to get them, but when have criminals ever listened to the law? I mean, when's the last time any of y'all saw meth or cocaine on the Walmart shelf? You don't see it because... It's illegal, but yet there are still people getting meth, cocaine, heroin, you know. They're still getting all these drugs that are illegal. And how do they do it? By the fucking black market. You know? So, it's not something that can be stopped just by tightening up the gun laws and restricting what we can and can't do with our guns. (laughs) You know, because I don't even believe that having schools as a gun-free zone is the safest bet right now because, again, when do criminals listen to laws? Because they're going to see a gun-free zone if they really want to do harm. That gun-free zone tells them like with the school, there's maybe one resource officer per school. That tells them that there's maybe, just maybe if it's a big enough school district, that there's one person in there with a gun. And by the time that person can get to wherever the shooter's at, they can already inflict a lot of damage. But if we start arming the school teachers and training them on how to use their weapons as a defense tool we can stop more shootings because then instead of just having one good guy with a gun to combat a criminal with a gun with all these illegal modifications or even legal modifications like a bump stock, you know they can go in and they can cause so much havoc and kill so many innocent people with a gun when they only have one good guy to stop them. But if you have multiple law-abiding citizens with weapons in the same area, the response time is gonna be cut way down and more lives are gonna be saved because then there's more people to stop that threat. For people to neutralize the threat and be able to protect more innocent lives from being lost. Sorry if it sounds um, it's, uh, trying to blow in a storm here where I'm at, but you know, I just can't wrap my mind around how liberals think that just by banning a certain gun or banning a certain part of a gun it's gonna immediately make the world a safer place because it's not. It's gonna make it more dangerous because, like in California they have a law, a gun law in California, where with like an AR-15, you can only have a permanently attached 10 round magazine. What can you do with 10 rounds that's gonna do you any good? In a life or death situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do have those 10 rounds. And shot placement does mean a lot in a life or death situation, but... You know, you can be the best shot in the world. And I'm not trying to smash anybody. You can be the best shot in the world. But when the shit hits the fan, and it's actually a life or death situation, you're not going to be all there immediately because you actually have to stop and you have to think about what situation you're in and you have to identify who the bad guy is who the guy trying to do the harm is and if you're trying to make that decision in a split second you can slip up you honestly can but you know there's always that chance that you won't slip up. You know, the reward is greater than the risk to me in that situation. Because, when it comes down to it, and say you're in a school with guns being able to be carried in schools, if somebody tries to come in and tries to commit a school shooting, like Parkland, Columbine, you know, even broadening it even further to any mass shooting. Let's go to Las Vegas, uh, Pulse nightclub shooting from a few years ago. You know, in a situation like that where you have more than one armed person, the police can get there and then it just comes down to, okay, either you disable. disabled, the guy trying to do harm by shooting him in the shoulder with a knee and you disarmed him and he's not going to be able to do any more harm because you know he's got a bullet in his shoulder or a bullet in his knee and not a lot of people are going to want to keep shooting if they got a bullet in them or you killed him you know so it's going to come down to one of those two and that really depends on how the person protecting himself and everybody else around him or her you know it just comes down to how they react in that situation and if they feel that if they feel like their life is in imminent enough danger that the only way to stop any great bodily harm to themselves or other is by lethal force then by all means do it. But I personally think you should disable them because killing them on the spot, that's too good. They need to be dragged through the mud. You know, the legal system needs to make an example out of them. You know, not just, um, okay, well you shot and killed three people. Here's a slap on the wrist. You can't legally own a gun again. If they really want to own that gun again, they're going to go buy another fucking gun, but it's not going to be legal. It could be a stolen gun for all they know. You know, it's just one of those things where it can work both ways, but both sides need to give in, set their pride aside, and actually look at what's going to do the most good because just doing an outright ban of guns isn't going to do any good at all because average police response time is five minutes to any situation you know and that's just in my small hometown of 13,000 people is five fucking minutes you know you start talking like New York, Chicago, LA any of the bigger cities they got more traffic that they have to get through and they got more distance that they have to cover so, the bigger the city you get, the longer it's going to take police to respond to any situation. So, you know, if it's, it's you can have that good guy with a the gun there, when it happens, you're going to save lives because now there's a good guy with a gun to stop the bad guy with a gun. And. I'd much rather put my bets on a good guy with a gun, especially when they have the proper training to use the weapon and be able to use it effectively in a high stress situation. Because who knows? You know, and I'll tell you this right now school shootings are not just something that happened in the big cities. I mean, I can't say how big Columbine was, but here in my hometown, I think it was this last school year, they had some kid try to shoot up the school. And this is a town where the graduating class is maybe 200 people a year. You know. So it's not just a big city problem. Yeah, I like small town living. But it presents itself with its own set of problems. You know, because there's less people, everybody knows everybody, people know your business before you know your business. Hell on, sure half of my hometown knew that this kid was going to try to shoot at the school before he knew he did. You know, that's just one of the problems with living in a small town is everybody knows everybody. And you can't really avoid people either because there's only so much to do in a small town. Especially in the summer when all the kids are out of school. Everybody goes to the same places because it's the only place to go. But you know, life happens shit happens. Yeah. I do feel sorry for the kids at Parkland. The most recent school shooting I'm aware of. Because the high school I graduated from was two, two and a half hours away from Parkland. I mean, I know a few of the kids who died. You know, it's kind of sad. And you know, David Hogg, Hogue, however the fuck you pronounce that snowflake's last name, you know, he's the worst kind of person there is. Because he's sitting there and he's trying to take this tragedy and spin it into a political tragedy to where the shooter was some right-wing extremist, conservative extremist NRA member who all we're supposed to do is just go out and kill people with the guns that we own. And you know, I am a conservative and I'm proud of it, but not all of us are out intent on doing harm. You know, because me, I like helping people. I can't say that for every conservative because there are bad conservatives and there are bad liberals, but at the same time, there's good of both too. You know, like I said earlier, we all just need to set aside our differences and actually work together towards this common goal of making America what it should be. Not a country that's divided amongst racial lines. What's your religion? You know what political party do you identify with that's not how we should be split we shouldn't be split at all we should be finding a common ground on every issue possible like tax cuts man we need to find a common ground on all this because you know to the normal everyday person it doesn't seem like a lot of this has an impact on us but it does you know, because if tax rates are getting lowered, that means that Joe blow off the street like you and me, we get more money in our pockets, less money's being taken out of our paychecks and we can go do more with our family, you know? But on the other hand, if they raise taxes like they've been wanting to you know, we take a bigger hit out of our paycheck and now we have to really start scraping together bills. And, you know, the cost of living's going up even. And it's just so hard to make a living anymore that that's the reason that a lot of young kids are not going out and getting into relationships that are serious. Or going out and getting married, or buying a home, buying a car. You know, it's because we can't fucking afford it. Because the cost to live and stay stable in a home has gone up so much since when I was a kid and helping my mom do the bills, you know. And then here I am, 19, living out on my own, and I'm seeing what the bills have gone up to, and how the price of living is increasing as I get older. You know, I have a pretty good paying job for the area that I live in, but I'm still finding it hard to pay for my rent, electric, water, cable, gas for my car, insurance for my car. You know, it's just, I can't find a way to be able to do all that and actually have money to go out and spend time with my friends and have a social life because anymore all I can get is gas to get me to and from work between paychecks. You know, there are times where I will not go grocery shopping for two or three weeks because I can't fucking afford it. And so I sit there, and I'm living on, like, bare minimum. You know, just living off of what I eat at work half the time. That'll be the only thing I eat all day. And then on my days off, I'm kind of screwed because I ain't got no food in the house. And I can't afford to go anywhere. I can't afford to go get groceries. The other day, my card got declined trying to buy a couple packs of ramen noodles just to where I could eat for a couple days and my card got got declined off the cheapest fucking food I know of that you can buy and still have nutritional value you know it's just that the price of everything is increasing so much kids my age 19 20 you know afford to do anything because like even trying to get a job getting anything more than minimum wage you already have to have so many years of experience and i've only been in the workforce two or three years and you know all i have is like fast food experience maybe a couple of warehouse jobs you know nothing that can really translate into getting a job that's more of a career like what i have now i landed this be- job because of my passion for mechanical work and now i work on semis you know it ain't the best paying job in the world but you know i get to bring home a paycheck oh excuse me you know i can bring home a paycheck and actually be able to live somewhat comfortably, and you know, yeah, I kinda get screwed out of quite a few things that I'd like to do, like going out and hanging out with friends, going out and going to the fucking community pool that we have here, so yeah, I get kind of get screwed out of all those things, but I'm living a happy life, so you know, I guess I can't really complain much. But I would much rather know that my bills are paid for the month and you know that I have a place to sleep when I get off work than going out and doing all these things and they're wondering, where the hell am I going to sleep tonight? Like, when my ex-wife asked for the divorce, I moved to a completely different state because we lived up in Nebraska. You okay, know, we moved up there before we got married. Got us a place, we got married. She asked for a divorce, I packed up my shit and I moved back to my hometown. I was homeless for two months. Half the time I didn't know, you know, where my next meal was gonna come from or where I was gonna be sleeping that night because I had no money. I had no job. Nobody would hire me without a fucking residence. So, you know, I kind of got screwed out of quite a bit because I was homeless. and that's not really the way it should be. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing to have all these nice things, but really all you need in life is the basic necessities. (sighs) Alright, so I think that's where I'm going to close out for the pilot episode. I'll let you guys give me some feedback if there's any points that you want me to touch on a little more elaborate on and we'll go from there all right thank you all all right so I think really to start it out I'll tell you all a little bit about myself you know like I said 19 getting divorced back in my little hometown you know I just try to keep it as laid-back as possible you know, Jerry with the Millennial Super Show kind of got me started in podcasting. I think I've done maybe two episodes with him. Uh, he does politics, religion, kind of like me, what I'm wanting to do. No holds barred. He's a really cool guy. got married really too young to really know what the hell I was doing with my life you know I work at a mechanic at a fucking truck stop now you know just loving life you know because I love doing anything mechanical and like the old saying goes you know if you find something you love you'll never work a day in your life and you know yeah, there's some shitty days with my job, but that's with any job anywhere. I mean like today, I just went and spent four hours trying to hunt a trucker down to help him change a tire on the side of the road, still couldn't find him. But just has got to roll with the punches. You know, live your life one day at a time. You know I've been through a lot for a 19-year-old. You know, went to the army in 2016, got a medical discharge, uh, got married at 18. Still working on getting divorced three months later after she said she wanted the fucking divorce. Uh, Civil Air Patrol, I'm working on that now. It's a really great program know if you ever get the chance look it up wherever you're at see if they got a squadron near you go take a look at it Uh, you know uh, one thing I do want to say is uh with this whole summit going on with North Korea you know (coughs) excuse me people give Donald Trump so much shit because he's never been a politician in his life. But, you know, we've had lifelong politicians in office since even before the Korean War, and Trump's the only one who can actually get the Korean War ended. You know? So, you know, you gotta give the guy props for that. You know, because he just did in two years what America's been trying to do for the last 50 years since we had the ceasefire in Korea. You know, because I still got battle buddies that I went to basic with stationed over there in Korea. And I've talked to them recently, and things have gotten a lot more calm. You know, they're not on high alert or anything like that anymore. You know, it's just we're actually getting something done and making America great again. You know, we just need to start showing the world that America doesn't fuck around with threats. You threaten America, you get one warning if that. And then, you know, like with the Iran deal, we're thinking, I personally think that we're being too lax with it, you know, they're wanting to try to stop the inspectors coming in to make sure that Iran's holding up their end of the deal and Iran's wanting to stop them. You know, that's that's not part of our deal with Iran. Because the deal was they would stop their nuclear program Or at least stop trying to make weapons, stop trying to make nuclear weapons. You know, we can't even prove that they're doing that because they won't let the inspectors in there. And that's not what the deal said, you know. The deal basically says that America and all these other countries involved with the deal can go in and inspect. Iran's nuclear facilities to make sure that they're not trying to get enriched uranium to create nuclear weapons. You know, so if we can't even prove that Iran's doing that, that could show that they're trying to be like North Korea and trying to make nuclear weapons And since that's currently a hostile nation to the United States, that can be seen as a threat because they do have the manpower to do something like that and cause some massive destruction. And it's not something that America really wants right now because we're dealing with a lot of shit at home with the liberals and conservatives going at it You know, they're trying to tear America apart. And, you know, America, except for a certain point in history, the American Civil War, we've never been a country that's really been divided. We've always been close-knit. We've always had our differences. But, you know, we've always put them aside when the time came and got shit figured out. And it doesn't seem like the liberals are wanting to put in the work to put aside our differences. That way we can actually make America what it used to be. You know, like with them trying to fucking put stricter gun laws in place, you know, if they limit what weapons we can own, then we can't fully take advantage of the Second Amendment. ...saying that our right to keep and bear arms shall remain uninfringed. You know... ...any and all fucking gun laws really is an infringement upon the Second Amendment. I mean... ...I'm not gonna lie, the Firearms Act of 1982 banning fully automatic assault weapons... ...or hell, it doesn't even say assault weapons, I don't think. I think it's just banning fully automatic weapons. You know, that is common sense because I see no logical reason for a civilian to own a fully automatic weapon. There's no real reason for it. You can't use it for hunting. No good use in home defense. Whereas the AR fifteen per se just to use something that's uh... relevant right now you know it's based off the 223 Remington hunting ground and it's such a universal platform so you know it can be used by small children and elderly people and it's customizable to where you don't have like if you're a left-handed shooter you don't have to go buy a gunsmith specifically for you you just have to find a left-handed receiver and a left-handed lower, upper and lower for your AR, which are pretty common because any company that makes AR-15s are going to make a left-handed upper and lower. You know, they're just so customizable, they have so many uses, because it's such a small round, it can be used for hunting a lot of things, and it's a great self-defense rifle. I mean, I personally love them, but if you're wanting to ban the guns, you know, it's been shown that uh, there have been more shootings that have been stopped by somebody who's a legal gun owner and has the right safety training and they know how to safely use their firearm, those are the people that are going out and stopping the shootings and, you know, actually making this a safer world for us. If you take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens, we just make it easier for the criminals. Because, you know, if we make guns illegal, liberals think that nobody's going to get them. But what if criminals ever listened to the law? I mean, when's the last time any of y'all saw meth or cocaine on the Walmart shelf? You don't see it because it's illegal, but yet there are still people getting meth, cocaine, heroin, you know. They're still getting all these drugs that are illegal, and how do they do it? By the fucking black market, you know? So. It's not something that can be stopped just by tightening up the gun laws and restricting what we can and can't do with our guns, (laughs) you know, because I don't even believe that having schools as a gun-free zone is the safest bet right now, because, again, when do criminals listen to laws? Because they're going to see a gun-free zone if they really want to do harm. That gun-free zone tells them, like with the school, there's maybe one resource officer per school. That tells them that there's maybe, just maybe if it's a big enough school district, that there's one person in there with a gun. And by the time that person can get to wherever the shooter's at, they can already inflict a lot of damage. But if we start arming the school teachers and training them on how to use their weapons as a defense tool we can stop more shootings because then instead of just having one good guy with a gun to combat a criminal with a gun with all these illegal modifications or even legal modifications like a bump stock, you know they can go in and they can cause so much havoc and kill so many innocent people with a gun when they only have one good guy to stop them. But if you have multiple law-abiding citizens with weapons in the same area, the response time is gonna be cut way down and more lives are gonna be saved because then there's more people to stop that threat. For people to neutralize the threat and be able to protect more innocent lives from being lost. Sorry if it sounds um, it's, uh, trying to blow in a storm here where I'm at, but you know, I just can't wrap my mind around how liberals think that just by banning a certain gun or banning a certain part of a gun it's going to immediately make the world a safer place because it's not it's going to make it more dangerous because like in California they have a law a gun law in California where with like an AR-15 you can only have a permanently attached 10 round magazine what can you do with 10 rounds that's going to do you any good in a life or death situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do have those 10 rounds and shot placement does mean a lot in a life or death situation, but, you know, you can be the best shot in the world. And I'm not trying to smash anybody. You can be the best shot in the world. But when the shit hits the fan and it's actually a life or death situation, you're not gonna be all there Immediately, Because you actually have to stop. And you have to think about what situation you're in. And you have to identify who the bad guy is. Who the guy trying to do the harm is. And if you're trying to make that decision in a split second, you can slip up. You honestly can. But, you know there's always that chance that you won't slip up. You know, the reward is greater than the risk, to me, in that situation. Because when it comes down to it, and say you're in a school with guns being able to be carried in schools, somebody tries to come in and tries to commit a school shooting, like Parkland, Columbine, you know, even broadening it even further, just any mass shooting. Let's go to Las Vegas, uh, Pulse nightclub shooting from a few years ago, you know. In a situation like that, where you have more than one armed person, the police can get there, and then it just comes down to, okay, either you disabled, guy trying to do harm by shooting him in the shoulder with a knee and you disarmed him and he's not going to be able to do any more harm because, you know, he's got a bullet in his shoulder or a bullet in his knee and not a lot of people are going to want to keep shooting if they got a bullet in them or you killed him. You know, so it's going to come down to one of those two and that really depends on how the person protecting himself and everybody else around him or her you know it just comes down to how they react in that situation and if they feel that if they feel like their life is in imminent enough danger that the only way to stop any great bodily harm to themselves or other is by lethal force then by all means do it but I personally think you should disable them because killing them on the spot that's too good they need to be dragged through the mud you know the legal system needs to make an example out of them you know not just um okay well you shot and killed three people here's a slap on the wrist you can't legally own a gun again. If they really want to own that gun again, they're gonna go buy another fucking gun, but it's not gonna be legal. It could be a stolen gun for all they know. You know, it's just one of those things where it can work both ways, but both sides need to give in, set their pride aside, and actually look at what's gonna do the most good. Because just doing an outright ban of guns isn't going to do any good at all. Because average police response time is five minutes to any situation. You know, and that's just in my small hometown of 13,000 people. It's five fucking minutes. You know, you start talking like New York, Chicago, L.A., any of the bigger cities, they got more traffic that they have to get through. And they got more distance that they have to cover. So, the bigger the city you get, the longer it's going to take police to respond to any situation. So, you know, if it's, it's you can have that good guy with a the gun there, when it happens, you're going to save lives because now there's a good guy with a gun to stop the bad guy with a gun. And. I'd much rather put my bets on the good guy with the gun, especially when they have the proper training to use the weapon and be able to use it effectively in a high-stress situation, because who knows, you know, and I'll tell you this right now, school shootings are not just something that happened in the big cities. I mean, I can't say how big Columbine was, but here in my hometown, I think this was this last school year, they had some kid try to shoot up the school. And this is a town where the graduating class is maybe 200 people a year, you know. So it's not just a big city problem. Yeah, I like small town living. But it presents itself with its own set of problems. You know, because there's less people, everybody knows everybody, people know your business before you know your business. Hell on, purchaser half of my hometown knew that this kid was going to try to shoot at the school before he knew he did. You know, that's just one of the problems with living in a small town is everybody knows everybody and you can't really avoid people either because there's only so much to do in a small town especially in the summer when all the kids are out of school everybody goes to the same places because it's the only place to go but you know life happens shit happens. Yeah. I do feel sorry for the kids at Parkland. The most recent school shooting I'm aware of. Because the high school I graduated from was two, two and a half hours away from Parkland. I mean, I know a few of the kids who died. You know, it's kind of sad. And you know, David Hogg, Hog, however the fuck you pronounce that snowflake's last name, you know, he's the worst kind of person there is. Because he's sitting there, and he's trying to take this tragedy and spin it into a political tragedy to where the shooter was some right-wing extremist, conservative extremist NRA member who all we're supposed to do is just go out and kill people with the guns that we own. And, you know, I am a conservative and I'm proud of it, but not all of us are out intent on doing harm. You know, because me, I like helping people. I can't say that for every conservative because there are bad conservatives. And there are bad liberals, but at the same time, there's good of both, too. You know, like I said earlier, we all just need to set aside our differences and actually work together towards this common goal of making America what it should be. Not a country that's divided amongst racial lines. What's your religion? You know, what political party do you identify with? that's not how we should be split we shouldn't be split at all we should be finding a common ground on every issue possible like tax cuts man we need to find a common ground on all this because you know to the normal everyday person it doesn't seem like a lot of this has an impact on us but it does you know Because if tax rates are getting lowered, that means that Joe blow off the street like you and me, we get more money in our pockets, less money is being taken out of our paychecks, and we can go do more with our family. You know, but on the other hand, if they raise taxes like they've been wanting to, you know, we take... A bigger hit out of our paycheck and now we have to really start scraping together bills and you know the cost of living is going up even and it's just so hard to make a living anymore that that's the reason that a lot of young kids aren't going out and getting into relationships that are serious or going out and getting married We're buying a home, buying a car, you know, it's because we can't fucking afford it. Because the cost to live and stay stable in a home has gone up so much since when I was a kid and helping my mom do the bills, you know, and then here I am, 19, living out on my own, and I'm seeing what the bills have gone up to and how the price of living is increasing as I get older. You know, I have a pretty good paying job for the area that I live in, but I'm still finding it hard to pay for my rent, electric, water, cable, gas for my car, insurance for my car. You know, it's just, I can't find a way to be able to do all that and actually have money to go out and spend time with my friends and have a social life because anymore all I can get is gas to get me to and from work between paychecks. You know there are times where I will not go grocery shopping for two or three weeks because I can't fucking afford it. And so I sit there, and I'm living on, like, bare minimum. You know, just living off of what I eat at work half the time. That'll be the only thing I eat all day. And then on my days off, I'm kind of screwed because I ain't got no food in the house. And I can't afford to go anywhere. I can't afford to go get groceries. The other day, my card got declined trying to buy a couple packs of ramen noodles. Just to where I could eat for a couple of days. And my car got, got declined off the cheapest fucking food I know of that you can buy. And still have nutritional value. And you know, it's just that the price of everything is increasing so much. Kids my age 19, 20, you know can't afford to do anything because like even trying to get a job getting anything more than minimum wage you already have to have so many years of experience and I've only been in the workforce two or three years and you know all I have is like fast food experience maybe a couple of warehouse jobs you know nothing that can really translate into getting a job that's more of a career, like what I have now. I landed this be- job because of my passion for mechanical work, and now I work on semis. You know, it ain't the best paying job in the world, but, you know, I get to bring home a paycheck. Oh, excuse me. You know I can bring home a paycheck and actually be able to live somewhat comfortably, and you know, yeah, I kind of get screwed out of quite a few things that I'd like to do, like going out and hanging out with friends, going out and going to the fucking community pool that we have here, so yeah, I get kind of get screwed out of all those things, but I'm living a happy life, so you know, I guess I can't really complain much. But I would much rather know that my bills are paid for the month and you know that I have a place to sleep when I get off work. Than going out and doing all these things, and then they're wondering where the hell am I going to sleep tonight? Like when my ex-wife asked for the divorce, I moved to a completely different state because we lived up in Nebraska. You okay, know, we moved up there before we got married, got us a place. We got married. She asked for a divorce. I packed up my shit and I moved back to my hometown. I was homeless for two months. Half the time I didn't know, you know, where my next meal was gonna come from or where I was gonna be sleeping that night because I had no money. I had no job. Nobody would hire me without a fucking residence. So, you know, I kind of got screwed out of quite a bit because I was homeless. and that's not really the way it should be. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing to have all these nice things, but really all you need in life is the basic necessities. (sighs) All right, so I think that's where I'm gonna close out for the pilot episode. I'll let you guys give me some feedback see if there's any points that you want me to touch on a little more, elaborate on and we'll go from there alright, thank y'all alrighty, welcome back to the Country Boy Podcast this is episode 2 I realize it's been about 5 months since I did an episode Uh, shit got a little crazy I'm going to try to get back to posting episodes. I'm going to try to do about every week or so. Uh, just going to do a really, really, really short episode today. Uh, I just want to give a shout out back to Jerry with Tyler and Jerry, Old Fat and Harry, uh, formerly known as the Millennial Super Show, if any of you guys have been following that. Uh, if not, I highly suggest you go give them a listen. There are on Google Play Music, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Uh, like I said, am going to try to get back to doing episodes. Trying to do them a little more often than every five months. Uh, still going to be the same thing. Just kind of doing whatever, whenever. Keeping up with current events. Probably going to talk about quite a few current events. Uh, I'm also going to be getting some actual recording equipment here in the next couple of months or so, and then hopefully I will be making the move to Google Play and SoundCloud. I probably will not do iTunes. So if any of you guys are listening to me on an iPhone, uh, if you have a spare Galaxy or spare Android sitting around... Uh, you'll still be able to listen to me on there. Uh, if you guys have any questions for me, have anything you want me to talk about, let me know, and I will try to find a way to work it into my episodes. Uh, if it's something that's fairly controversial, I, it might take me a little bit longer because I prefer to do research get educated don't listen to the media yes they do have some truthful shit there but there's just as much bullshit in the media as there is truth so do your research and like i said if you have something you want me to talk about just let me know on here and i will try to get another episode out in the next week or so Alrighty, welcome back to the Country Boy Podcast. This is episode 2. Uh, I realize it's been about five months since I did an episode. Uh, shit got a little crazy. I'm going to try to get back to posting episodes. I'm going to try to do about every week or so. Uh, just going to do a really, really, really short episode today. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out back to Jerry with Tyler and Jerry, Old, Fat, and Harry, uh, formerly known as the Millennial Super Show, if any of you guys have been following that. Uh, If not, I highly suggest you go give them a listen. They're on Google Play Music, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to try to get back to doing episodes, trying to do them a little more often than every five months, uh, still going to be the same thing, just kind of doing whatever, whenever, keeping up with current events, We're probably going to talk about quite a few current events, uh, I'm also going to be getting some actual recording equipment here in the next couple of months or so. And then, hopefully, I will be making the move to Google Play and SoundCloud. I probably will not do iTunes. So, if any of you guys are listening to me on an iPhone, uh, if you have a spare Galaxy or spare Android sitting around, uh, you'll still be able to listen to me on there. Uh... If you guys have any questions for me, have anything you want me to talk about, let me know, and I will try to find a way to work it into my episodes. Uh, if it's something that's fairly controversial, I it might take me a little bit longer because I prefer to do research. Get educated, don't listen to the media. Yes, they do have some truthful shit there, but there's just as much bullshit in the media as there is truth so do your research and like i said if you have something you want me to talk about just let me know on here and i will try to get another episode out in the next week or so